another episode of the Group Up Podcast. We're here for the great Pride debate. And let me quickly introduce my guests as we discuss the happy month indeed. Happenings at Blizzard Entertainment and PVE News two weeks on or two weeks or so on. How's everybody doing today? In the bottom right is my friend Neandra. Neandra, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Awesome, awesome. In the top left, glowing and showing is Fariha. Fariha, how you doing? I'm fantastic. Glad to be here again. Hi. Awesome. And molding in the bottom left, still the number one life reaver player in the world, even if he is master four, <laughs> it is Boger. Hi. Hello, greetings. Okay. I mean, okay. let's start with, uh, I haven't touched base with any of you guys in a while, so I, w- I want to start with the opening thoughts of just touching base and on how we're feeling. How are we feeling just in general? Overwatch, pride, or I don't know, heat that we're all suffering from, heat waves going about plenty. Um, I'll start with... Neandra, because Neandra, I think it's been the longest since I've spoken to you. <laughs> How are you feeling about life and Overwatch? Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I think it's worth keeping in mind that I don't stream outside of special occasions. All I right. just do YouTube and TikTok. So for me, there's no pressure to play this game for seven hours a day. So I think... Boger, what is it? Wait, sorry, one second. Boger, you're like, <laughs> yeah, what no are problem. you cooking? What are you cooking? <laughs> What do you mean? I I'm, I'm I can hear like a motorbike. I can hear like a motorbike. <laughs> it's, it's the fucking streets outside. I'm not well, driving. Mute yourself. Pro- Push to talk. Oh, my bad. Auto. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, okay. Wait, do I have a button? <laughs> there we go. Okay, carry on, Yandra. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, I, I think since I don't stream and there's no pressure for me to play this game seven hours a day, I think that has helped me. Like the distance has helped with cynicism and burnout. Because I see a lot of streamers and they're fucking miserable at the moment. But True. for me, there are problems. But like overall, I am quite happy. That's good to hear. And I'm sure a lot of people, I mean, most people do not stream or watch eight hours a day. So I think most <laughs> people will probably relate to you to some degree. Faria, how about you? Have you been experiencing more on uh, the Neander side of things? Or are you more on the clearly Boger side of things of losing your mind and sanity? <laughs> I'm I'm in a solid middle ground. I play Overwatch only when I feel like it, and I'm more in variety now, doing music and Zelda stuff. <laughs> Bogers, <laughs> Bogers, <laughs> like no, I can't take this. <laughs> but yeah, I've been playing a lot of Zelda, and it's been amazing. So I'm I'm good. Very nice. Yeah, I was just telling Neandrex I finished my Zelda run yesterday. How how deep are you? Oh, nice. Uh, I finished three of the main quests, but doing a lot of exploration, building death showers, you know. Typical. for sure yeah I, I could have played it longer <laughs> like i could have dragged it out but i want to play diablo so like you can you can run and fight the boss as early as you want really so i was just like fuck it i'm, I'm off Ooh, yes and i and i went and took on the big bad boy speaking of big bad boys boger how have you been uh feeling about overwatch with your life we for those who don't know boger is still uh the first attempt well the first person to try to complete uh, unranked gm on life weaver you're muted <laughs> Yes. Hello. Yes. You're okay. Here. I was yeah. fi- I was fixing my keybinds. So I was. What is happening with my camera? Do you, can you see that? No. Okay. Anyways, um, I don't know. I'm losing my mind in the rank. Everything's uh really really difficult. I I I see. You're right. You know you shouldn't be playing the game as much as I do. Uh, and if you don't, it's really chill and it's really relaxing. And I always said that you shouldn't do that. Uh, you should just chill, play sometimes. Have a good time. And I think that's what Blizzard is aiming at. That's who they want to attract. Um, they don't want to attract people like me that queue up 10 hours a day of Life Weaver. I think that's exactly their player base. But uh, for me, it's been uh, 
it's been really really rough i i think you can see that it's been quite rough um but anyways i i support um life weaver gaming yes i i think i think it'd be quite funny if in some greek like punishment style gaming your your punishment for playing Overwatch is now that you will forever be known as the guy trying to finish his life we run ranked to gm and like i kind of hopes low-key that like two years from now people have even forgot like you're still there you're still like master three bouncing between somewhere and master and you've you've been for long forgotten as the monkey streamer people just like the oh yeah the, yeah the sisyphian boger struggle of trying to it is his- it it is. It, I I don't mind it. I, whatever brings me the most viewers. I I don't care. I don't care if I'm the Winston guy or the Life Weaver guy or whatever. Whatever gives me the most viewers, I support that. Same. I like that. Uh, that's a good attitude to have. More money is better. I like more money. I money. agree. <laughs> more money speaking, is better. Speaking of which, it's time time to start chilling for Blizzard. Um, so gamers, we are we're in the midst of a Pride event, and I gather. I mean, I from from social media. Uh, commentary that w- most of us were pretty happy with it but i am curious to at least hear in person your opinions on it so we'll start with Faria this time Faria, how do you feel about the private event that has been put in place in overwatch oh my god the timing it's all it's all to cover up the pve cancellation <laughs> and it's it's only there to cover up blizzard entertainment's massive failure as an entire company all oh, the devs they're all liars no it's just like oh it's just, oh it's good. It's good. We get a good thing, so savor it, motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> just for once, I wish that people could separate the various segments of game dev and the, the final result that ends up on our plates a little bit more because I feel like they lump in Bobby Kochik and they lump in the executive decisions and the meddling that happens with the CEOs and the suits and everything. And they lump that in with the game developers who are trying their best, who love this game and want the best for it. And it's like, I'm not saying that that maybe there there is no like feedback that we could give to the devs, right? Because there they're oftentimes is, but still, like they don't deserve the hate and that kind of broad generalization that we often do in these gaming communities. So. Ah, I think it's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) In summary, I think it's a good thing. Um, Neandre, obviously what Faria is referring to there is is the sort of, there's been a few strands of responses. The number one response, perhaps what Faria said was like, oh, it's great. I actually enjoy it. I think it's good stuff. And then there's been some people who think that this is a conspiracy for the PVE news. Other people think (laughs) this is a conspiracy because... And honestly, even as someone whose job it is to, to track or watch, I have lost track of which number lawsuit this is. <laughs> but there's another lawsuit that's been taking place. Uh, and also, Bobby Kotick with like some random fucking article that he's that we could talk about a little bit more in a minute where he's now talking all kinds of nonsense as he usually does. So the people think that might be a cover-up for some that kind of stuff and take heat off of him. How do you feel? Like, How do you feel personally and how do you respond to those... <laughs> to those sentiments i mean not to jump ahead but that bobby calling article was fucking disgusting but i'm gonna be real this shit drives me up the fucking wall because my thing with this and basically i think everything else with this podcast is i hate when people make up things to criticize overwatch because there's no shortage of legitimate problems with the series you don't need like you don't need a moral reason to dislike something you can just dislike it without having to engage in bad faith arguments which is kind of what i'm just seeing a lot of 
at the moment with this. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do you want to elaborate a little bit more? Well, like I mean, saying that Blizzard only dropped Pride content to distract from PVE news is just like it's just so not how game development works. And we had that one tweet from uh, Clear Together that I think is quite worth bringing up because uh, she made a tweet saying, uh, I had a Zoom call with Farah's voice actor 11 months ago and the voice actor was like, you'll be excited for what's coming, which to me is like pretty clear evidence that this has been a long time coming. But like people on Twitter who were just trying to drive engagement will like never see stuff like that. And it's just it's just kind of frustrating, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I hadn't actually seen that tweet myself, but that's a very interesting one. And I think even, obviously, people will want evidence, and they should want evidence. But I think even without that, just a basic understanding of game dev would tell you that for the assets to be created, for the for the whole Midtown map to be redone, for the short story to be written by someone else and commissioned for them, for the integration with the charity where all the money is going for. I can tell you as someone who has done a few events with Blizzard that they take months for anything to happen. <laughs> um it takes months and months and months and months, even for the most basic things. So I can only imagine how long it must take in, in advance to plan a, a Pride event. Now, of course, there is the conspiracy theory that, well, they deliberately announced the PvE, knowing that Pride would come follow it up. So, Boger, mm. unless Neandra has anything to add. Boger, how do you feel about it? Neandra, do you, have, do you want to chime in or do you want to let Boger go? Oh, uh, I don't mind. All I was going to say is like, I've seen that cropping up more and more lately. Like it wasn't originally a thing, and now it like is starting to circulate quite a bit more. Mm -hmm. Boger, are you asking me what they think about the conspiracy theorists that think that um, they're announcing the Pride event and making it so people stop talking about the cancellation of PV? Is that your question? I'm saying I'm saying specifically now we've addressed some of the other versions of it, but the yeah. version that says that. They announced the PvE knowing that Pride was going to be soon after. So that's why they did it now. So they could then use Far Lesbian as a distraction. <laughs> I mean, it sounds really stupid, to be honest. But I, I don't have proof for either side, right? For me, it sounds pretty silly. It sounds pretty stupid. But who knows? I, I, I think that they, they could have thought about it and they could have made that kind of decision. But... This Pride event has been coming for a long, long time, right? And uh, I think they just chose this moment because, you know, at the end of the day, they, at the end of the day, they couldn't keep stalling and be like, yeah, it's coming, guys, any second now, it's going to come. Don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. We're going to get the PV out. Whether or not it's because of the... Whether or not they actually announced it just before uh, they actually released the, you know, the Pride event, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, I would say no. I think it's a bit too much conspiracy because I don't like conspiracy theorists. I think people are just bored and need to touch some grass. And uh, even if they did, who cares? Why does it matter? I don't think it matters. Like, if we get support LGBTQ people and uh, they're going to have to announce that PV is going to get cancelled anyways, might as well just do it just before this. Uh, like, even if they did it, I, I don't see the bad thing about it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think I think people would say that it would be cynically manipulating their fan base. Like, oh, it's well. a business. It's not about mm -hmm. anything. It's always a business. Like people forget that this is all about money and business, right? Like, I don't think cynically manipulate people is. We're not talking about a person. We're talking about a corporation that's looking to make a, a lot of money, right? So even if they were trying to do something like this, 
I think this is one of the best options they could have, right? Um, why why not? Why not? Even if they did it, I, I don't see the the bad in it, right? So mm -hmm. I, don't know. I think people people expect too much from corporations, right? Uh, and it's it's not a person. Even if the law treats a corporation like a person, <laughs> they're not people, right? And these corporations, they don't care about what's best. They don't care about what's moral. They just care about what's going to bring the most profits, right? Yeah, and I suppose that's an attitude you to approach to any anything they do, like whether it's Blizzard or whether it's Riot and whatever Pride events that come or whatever Twitter accounts suddenly change their logos to a rainbow and then change back. Like there should be a cynicism to all of it. But Freya, like, I mean, how do you respond to that? Do you think it would be a problem if, if it was done a little bit cynically? I mean, I, I view corporations in the most cynical frame possible because they have absolutely no care in the world about people's values, people's needs. It just comes down to monetization, like Boker said. And it's like, you know, you know that Bernie Sanders meme of like, it's once again time, like <laughs> the corporations on June 1st that they're like, it's once again time to be gay, to sell shit. And um, I, I was cynical the the one thing my my uh, cynicism kind of made me worried about was that they would have a pride skin available for profit. So I'm glad we aren't seeing that yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ironically, I saw some people wanting it. Um, but I mean, actually, I should clarify as well for any listeners who aren't aware, but both Freya and and Neandra are are part of the LGBTQ plus community. So I think it's valuable, like, because I feel like a lot of the outrage has come from outside of it and correct me if i'm wrong i feel like from whatever i can see the lgbtq plus community seems very happy with the pride event it seems like other people are upset on their behalf that somehow like oh it's this is all happening when i i i haven't seen uh, prominent members of the lgbtq community be upset about this so how do you feel you know they actually pulled me aside a year maybe a year and a half ago um, with a bunch of other queer creators and it was in, in in a chat with the various community managers and some game devs and we were talking about ways that we would like to see a pride event implemented this was so far back so like this was a long time in the making and i'm i'm honestly just really happy that it came to something where we have more than an icon that just says rainbow you know even even with all the regional limitations, which is something we could go over, but like, it's it's just nice to have, right? For sure. And, you know, can yeah, I can I chime yeah, in? Yeah, yeah please. Um, you remember when Blizzard used to promote streamers, right? Like, um, like on the launcher and stuff. Yes. So I, we have this Pride event, and throughout the month, why don't they promote LGBTQ people that stream this game? Uh, to really show support and, and the launcher and stuff. I, I think that would be a good idea. That way, it's not only about adding random skins and icons, or I, I actually don't know what has been added. I'm sorry, I, I'm too busy playing Life Weaver in general. <laughs> but uh, um, would it be really good and supportive to actually support LGBTQ people outside of just, you know, adding, uh, adding different name cards and stuff? I feel like that would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. I'll let one of the guests respond because I have a response, but if they want to chime in, they can. All right. Uh, um, so what I would say is I think I think they're, they're, that is a valid point. And I, th I suppose what you're saying is that they should be perhaps doing more to uplift the like the queer parts of their community. Uh, I suppose public might say, well, I don't give a shit about streamers. It's more important that the event be something that works for the public in on mass. Uh, but it does bring up a good point, which I do want to specifically You can ask. do both. 
you can mm -hmm. do the skins and you can promote the streamings as well. It doesn't take much, you know, effort to actually, you know, say, for example, right, SK streaming, check her out. She's, you know, LGBTQ. True. Certainly seems like something they could have done. Uh, and on that note, actually, that I, I've, I've seen also this criticism and we should discuss it, that that actually what was done was inadequate, that that a map and some icons is kind of like, that, that, the way that's been framed. Of course, there is more to it. We should point out that there is, I think what most people have been actually really excited about is the reveal of Farah, the comic that goes with it. The nature of the comic as well, because I read it, I thought it was very touching. Uh, I thought it was very well done. Um, but a lot of people feel like, actually, well, this isn't all that much. So I'll go to Neandra first. Neandra, like, how do you feel about what was actually given in terms of like the substance of it? Like, do you think compared to other games, this is more, less, like we should expect more or demand less? What do you think? I mean, I think in general, Overwatch had a lot of catching up to do compared to other games. Because I know in like League of Legends and even Paladins, there's a ton of banners and stuff. Um, I guess the way I see it is, I mean, you can never, you can always do more, right? I think like weapon charms could have been nice. But in terms of what we actually got, I really love it. I think it's great. I think the name cards are so good. Like the designs are really, really nice. They aren't just like simple flags. They had a bit of liberty with creative creativity. Uh, the color palettes are really good. The design, I just love them. I think they're really, really nice. So I'm quite content with them. Um, I think in terms of what they could have done better, I think just maybe like a modified title screen to just let players know that it's there. Because once again, it has slightly gone under the radar in-game. Because when they added the original rainbow icon, that was also like very quietly added. But I, I don't know if that's like a legal thing, because it's not in all countries or something. And we'll talk on that in a second. But just before we do, Fariha, do you have any, any thoughts on, on just the actual substance? Do you think, like especially I think compared to other games, do you think this is good? Well, I was kind of expecting to load in and see Hanzo and Cassidy making out, so I'm honestly <laughs> a little let down. <laughs> but uh, I, I echo what Neandra said. I think that Overwatch has some catching up to do, and I was kind of a little underwhelmed at the fact that they just kind of slid it in under the radar. They just kind of, they weren't proud about Pride, which is like a big part of it. So I don't know. I'm, I'm let down by that aspect. Mm -hmm. So like, so you're happy with the substance, but perhaps not how it was kind of let known to the community, like to the player base that like, hey, this is going on. I still think it was more but like the cynical part of me is like, okay, what if they just didn't have the budget for this? Because they were like, oh, well, it's outside of certain markets, you know, we can't air it in certain places. And this might alienate the, some parts of the player base. And, and it just turned out that they couldn't allocate more resources to it. Quite possible. Um, and, and we've brought up a couple mentions already of the fact that uh, there are countries, for those unaware, that cannot see the Pride content um, due to... Well, we got, uh, Blizzard mentioned that it's because of their own laws um, in these countries' laws. But then there are some odd fringe cases where a couple people are confused. And I want to take it to Boger here because Boger, as our resident Balkan expert, knows a few neighbors that are, are not able to experience the Pride content. So... Do you have any idea what's going on? And do you, do you have any thoughts on the fact what that... What do you mean, not... do I know what's going on? It's literally illegal in Serbia to be gay. Uh -huh. So, of course, they're yeah. like... So, they, I don't think they want to mess with those laws, right? Like, obviously, it's wrong that it's like that. But I think Blizzard wants to, you know, get their game banned in Serbia. What are we going to do without, you know, our Genji specialists? Um, 
but I know Romania doesn't have the Pride content, which is kind of weird because it's, you know, absolutely normal. Well, like, Romania is a part of the EU, so ML was kind of flabbergasted about that. Poland also doesn't have it. I wouldn't be surprised if other Eastern European countries don't have it. Bulgaria actually has it, uh, even though Bulgarians are really homophobic, so I'm kind of surprised. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think I think at this day and age, having such silly laws forbidding people from, you know, being gay and just being themselves is really stupid. And um, I, I don't know, like, it's a bit disheartening to see because in a way this is like a pride celebration event and in, in these countries and in my region, there's a lot of gay people that are not openly gay because it's, it's really j dangerous to be openly gay, right? There's a lot of people that are really homophobic. I've argued with a lot of homophobic people in random bars and stuff. And um, so I, I can see that this event has been like really exciting for them to see and you know be a part of and the fact that they cannot participate in it as an lgbtq person um just because of their country i think is kind of kind of sad it's, it's a pride event celebration but like half the countries can't even participate uh i don't necessarily blame blizzard because at the end of the day it's a business right you don't want to alienate your your player base you don't want to be in trouble you don't want people to to you know go into Twitter and be like, oh, you're you know, how dare you promote this political stuff to me or whatever stupid stuff homophobic people say, and um, I, I don't blame them, but it's still sad to see. But at least at least we got something, I guess. Yeah, uh, actually, I'm gonna go to Freya first, and then Neandra, I want I want your thoughts on kind of yeah what Blizzard's approach should and is, but Freya, does it kind of highlight the need for pride and the need for an event like this because i'm sure you've seen it i've seen it i've been dealing with it a lot in comments and whatnot where people say well oh, i don't care what does it matter why are we making a big deal out of it like surely we should just be normal and then being gay will be normal but there's stuff like this what Boger has spoken about the fact that there are still countries we would consider you know modern developed first world countries that you know have these kind of laws um or just places where even when it's legal it's it's dangerous to be a part of the LGBTQ plus community. So does it kind of highlight the need for pride? Oh, that's a, that's a really good question. Okay. So, um, just to reiterate, like what the, other, the, what the other two said, like, I think it's, it's great that we got what we got I'm grateful that we got it. And it's, it's sad that some people don't get to see it, but I, I understand it's like due to safety security reasons, because there are places in the world where it, it will get you in legal trouble. If, you are caught doing gay things. <laughs> if you're caught holding hands with the same sex, it's like, it's it's wild, but there are places that are like that. And to those people who say, well, what's the point of this? I, I don't care. Imagine um, every human was boiled down to a simple pyramid, right? just a pyramid shape. That's what we all look like. And the entire world, the doors, the buses, the systems, the chairs, every single thing was designed to fit these pyramids and you're a square, right? You were just born into the world a square. You grew up into one, a, a cube rather. And so your entire life, you struggle to fit into these spots, right? These spots that you see all your peers fitting into uh, around you and you feel like an outcast. You feel alienated. You feel, um, you feel alone and isolated. This is what a pride event, uh, pride event does for people like that. It it gives them seats, it gives them buses, doors, opportunities to see those cube-like shapes that are made just for them. These custom niches that are 
meant to showcase just um just that they have a place in the world you know that they're not they're different but they're not an anomaly they're not unwelcome that's the importance of events like this yeah very powerful um and i suppose it's like to to further your metaphor you know the 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 squares the cubes they they probably do their best to live their lives fitting into the triangle but it's nice every now and then to have just a feeling that like you know the triangles to say hey guys actually the square is great too and and we've got some space mm-hmm. for the square too exactly like our edges are all battered and bruised from just trying to fit into these small recesses that it's nice to have a place where it's like no be your full self you don't have to suck in anything just exist just be you I like that a lot. Thank you for sharing. Um, Neandra, do you have any thoughts to add on that? But also, I would love your, I mean, I would also love your thoughts on just how you feel about what Blizzard has done and and if you think they should have been done differently. Ah, man. That was a really great thing to say. Uh, My mind's kind of going blank now. Um, I mean, yeah, I think they could have done more. I enjoyed what I got. Um, I think the Baptiste and Farah thing was really nice. Uh, Yeah, Uh, you can come back to me if you want. Oh yeah, yeah. Take take a second to compose your yeah. thoughts. I mean, I, I, yeah, I do think you know we haven't really explicitly talked about the the short story, but I thought it was really great. It was really funny because I was reading it on stream when it when it came out, and someone came in on chat was like, "This reads like fan fiction." And I was like, "I mean, it, it isn't because it's official, so it's just fiction." Um, but I think for a lot of people, they're actually not aware that there is these short stories for a lot of other characters and a lot of other heroes, like a lot of the lore of Overwatch. In fact, I would say. The majority of the known lore of Overwatch is is in these comics, is in these like more fragments, and so I think to get a, a story where it's it's not about anything, it's not like they're doing anything particularly significant on the plane, but it's really nice. I thought I thought even outside of the implications of what it told us, just really nice to get an insight into the characters, spend some time with them, and just see them as people. Especially I think Bap and Farah, who don't have too much existing like. You know, they don't have a short, they don't have like a, a thing where you really get to spend time with them. So it's nice to to like learn more about them. And on top of that, the way, you know, obviously it, it kind of brought up the sexualities of each character. I thought it was really, really fun. So even, you know, outside of everything else, I would I would love more things like this because I like, I think everyone universally loves the characters of Overwatch um, and want to spend more time with them. Boger, did you happen to read it? The comic? Mm-hmm. No. As I said, I've been playing ten hours of Life Fever every day. Mm-hmm. Well, you are so I, uh, you are you are maining the uh, the first openly pansexual character in Overwatch. Yeah. How's that been? Great. I mean, I have everything muted, but uh, you know, sometimes people say some silly stuff. Um, that's why if I mute myself, I can never, I can never. Uh, well, let me rephrase. I never know how homophobic everyone is. I can just live in my fantasy world. So, uh, or how much they hate me or how much, how many slurs they know. So as long as I mute them, life is pretty chill. Um, the character, I don't know. It's, um, uh, it's a little bit silly because there's a lot of people that don't know anything. And, uh, when they don't know anything, they ask silly questions in chat and they're like, what's pansexual? What is this? So basically it's bisexual. And I, I, I don't have the mental energy to explain this stuff because people always, you know, start saying stupid stuff. Uh, but I haven't seen too many people actually say, you know, mean stuff about the character just because he's pansexual. So it's show. Uh, it's show outside of the fact that character sucks. But if he didn't suck, it would be okay. It would be chill. 
Well, I'm sorry to hear you're still you're still stuck in that jail. Um, the, at, at some, I, I want uh, this brings up the nice time to to talk about something else that I want to I want to address, and then we'll come to Neandra. So Neandra, hopefully you've you've had a good bit of time to stew on how you want to formulate this. But something that people have brought up to me, and speci- specifically because uh, before the Pride event, I was quite vocal, you know, on Twitter on my streams uh, about the lack of a lot of things that Overwatch is doing to protect minorities, right? And and especially especially when it comes to like voice chat, team chat, how so many words are still not filtered and, and how long it takes for people to get banned if they ever do get banned and just the general experience of being someone from a minority background and, and um, playing Overwatch. And a lot of people were like, well, why are you, why are you, because I said, you know, I'm actually, my personal feelings, I think the Pride event has been done really well. Um, I think they've done really nice things. Of course, they could do more. Like, of course, they could have been more things added, but I, for what I was expecting, which was essentially a another version of the rainbow icon debacle, the fact that they went, I felt like they went pretty hard. You know, I felt like they went pretty like far above beyond uh, what they could have done in terms of like I don't know many games where there's a map that takes place after Pride. Uh, the fact that they had the the short story openly announcing that like Farah is a lesbian and also has quite a clear implication of her being interested in mercy and there being some relationship there. I think that's important that the characters be not just vaguely, you know, homosexual, but like actually like have an interaction with the character, another character in the game. I think that's a, a powerful thing to actually be able to feel that when you're playing the game. I think it's important for representation and their choice of charity as well. I think to choose a trans charity when they could have chosen a, a less hot topic uh, charity in the in the queer space, I think also shows that they are, there are members of the team who are dedicated to doing something meaningful. And I think we should take a moment to, to like, I've not necessarily applaud, but certainly acknowledge them. Like obviously not everyone will be like, yay, great job. But I certainly think we should acknowledge that this is a different, this is a different team to the previous era. Cause I, know, cause I think a lot of people glorify the Jeff Kaplan era of Overwatch for, for nostalgic reasons as, as, as well as like, you miss what isn't currently here, right? You're just like, oh, well, Jeff would have made things better. But in the Jeff Kaplan era, this was a huge L, essentially. This was a huge gap. And things like this were were things they, if they weren't, you know, either they weren't willing to or just weren't even trying to do anything like this. So in the new era, and let's call it the Iron Keller era, but it really, it's a team effort. And I do think the mentality of the Rush team has shifted to be a bit more collective. This is something they've done. So while... I stay critical of their lack of action on protecting minorities in voice chat and team chat. It's still okay to commend them on the Pride event and say this was well done. You did that part well, you did this part badly, you did the PvE part really badly, but that's okay. Like that's life. Like we're not a singular thing. We're not just bad. And I think a lot of people are very keen to be like Blizzard just bad in all ways. Um, which that's the life that's the life and world we live in, but you know, there it's I think it's a little bit more fine tuned than that. There are bad things, there's good things. Uh, and on that note, Neandra, do you have, are you okay? Sure. You want to share yeah. your thoughts? I guess my main thought goes back to how I was doing quick play with friends last night and we were all, we were all flagged up basically. And we kept running into other squads who were also using the flags. Like that they was were so cute. Ev- yeah, they were everywhere and everyone was just really nice about it. Like we had the enemy team who would just be in like match chat going gay and then we would go gay back and everyone was just saying gay and it was just really nice. And there was personal expression everywhere and it was just great. And then I look at my YouTube comments 
comments for the video I made on the Pride event, and they're all just kind of dog shit. And I think it just highlights that ultimately it is important. And they could be doing things better, but what we've got here is really great. And it's nice, you know? And I think the thing with Overwatch is that when it released in 2016, it was really ahead of the curve when it came to diversity. But in recent years, it's fallen behind slightly other like live service games like i think apex does lgbt stuff really well and it's just nice to see overwatch starting to catch up again and i think that's just great yeah absolutely did you did you have anything you wanted to add on because we started this conversation around the, the geo blocking essentially of certain pride events like are, are you do you think Overwatch made the right decision about that like i would love to know their reasoning for it because all the pride stuff is free like if it costed money, I would kind of understand, but since it's free content, I find it a bit weird in certain places. I know a lot of people on Reddit are upset that it's blocked in like Poland, because po apparently Poland doesn't have like laws and stuff. So it's just not an area I really know much about, but I'm mostly just confused and stuff. Hello guys, SCB here. Just want to quickly interrupt this episode of the Group Up Podcast to say that if you've been enjoying this content, then please do consider supporting me directly via Patreon. It really does help since Patreon only takes about 10% of your money, where YouTube and Twitch take 40 and 50% respectively. So it supports me and allows me to keep making videos no matter how many views they do or don't get. Also, if you are really enjoying this discussion, then why not consider watching some of my other content? First and foremost, my Twitch stream where this podcast is hosted live, and I stream five days a week doing a bunch of other things as well. If you're not much of a Twitch viewer, then you can check out the SVB side channel where all the best bits from the stream go straight to YouTube in highlight format including VOD reviews, gameplay, and streamer formats such as the Fantasy Overwatch or Rank Gauntlet that you may have seen other streamers participate in. And finally, if you're sick of Overwatch, then you could check out my other channel, The Soak, which is where I do movie and TV breakdowns. And I've done videos on things like Avatar The Last Airbender, Pixar's Up, and anime like Haikyuu. So if any of that sounds up your street, then all the links are in the description. But now, back to the discussion. I mean, I would, I would suspect that, for example, like Serbia, right? Mm um where it's just illegal to be gay uh blizzard would have to choose between not allowing the game to be played there maybe i have no idea i'm talking off my ass but just suspecting just game theory right mm. um because i don't think serbia would be allowing a game a free-to-play game to promote uh pride stuff because you know it's just illegal to be you know lgbtq so i i don't know i'm not exactly sure what is the what are the logistics or legality or whatever uh, but I think for them to just avoid all kinds of trouble or drama or whatever, they just decided to just not include it in a bunch of countries. But I might be wrong. It's just a theory, a game theory. <laughs> I heard one people, one person suggest that it might have to do with like game age ratings. Like I think Overwatch is rated teen or something, and maybe other live service games have higher ratings, and maybe that allows them to get away with it. But yeah, I'm not too sure. So someone in Maybe. chat says it's actually slowly being added to Romania and Poland. It's just a rollout issue. Oh, now I don't oh. know how I don't know how true that is. Um, so, I, but I don't. So I don't want to spread misinformation. Which you know, honestly, that's what I do on a daily basis on the internet. But um, that is a possibility. But either way, there is these countries where it isn't getting there. Faria, like again, are you are you happy? Like, do you think it's the right call to like? let it go or do you think they should have taken like a really hard line stand because some people i've again i bring it up because i've seen people suggest that it's like cowardly to like not you just go hard ball and say fine ban our game if you're gonna not let us have the pride content in this region 
I mean, it's a little cowardly, but I think it's also uh, sadly a necessity. Just I'm thinking of like a little kid who's who's just like trying to wrap his mind around that he's gay and he's like gaming in his bedroom and his like mom walks in and sees like, I don't know, a pride icon or something that just tips her off. And like, I don't know, like I'm thinking worst case scenario, it makes sense to have that as a security feature, but like still it's sad that these people don't get to experience that side of the game that lets them feel seen and heard, you know? I think the entire thing of like Blizzard being cowardly or whatever is really silly in the sense that at the end of the day, Blizzard is here to make money, and if they're going to lose a bunch of player base, like, I know it's the right thing to do, but you can't expect Blizzard to do the right thing. It's about money. So I don't think Blizzard wants to lose millions of players or uh, tens of thousands. I don't know how many people play this game and where. But uh, I think people just expect too much, and it's always been silly that people expect these things from Blizzard. Like, it's cool, we got the event and stuff, but, uh, like... You can't expect Bobby Kotick to be like, yeah, I want to lose money. Of course he doesn't want to lose money. Like, he's just, he's the guy, right? He's the guy. So, um... We will, we will get to guy. the guy and we will he's get that to the guy, guy right? <laughs> he's that guy. The so, argument... so it's always, I, I'm sorry, it's just always funny when people are like, what, you know, uh, Blizzard are cowards doing this or that. Of course they're cowards. They don't care if they're cowards. They care about making money. And if, they, if this decision loses them money, they, they, they don't do the decision. I was going to say that the counter argument people were bringing is that, well, it then, it then kind of undercuts the words of the blog and the developers when they say, well, we really, we really want to celebrate Pride. We really want everyone to be able to express to who they are. Like, it's really important to us. And it's like, oh, but not that important. But the developers are honest and they're genuine. The, but the developers can't make all the decisions. They don't do most of the decisions. They make the game. They make the content. But they need to go through, you know, higher higher guys, the executives, you're right? Like, I'm sure that the people that wrote those articles, the, the people that wrote the comic and people that made the content, they were genuine and probably a part of the LGBTQ community, but they cannot make what they want to make to their to the full extent because it's, you know, not their game. They're not the executives. So it's, right, like, at the end of the day, yeah, right, uh, it sucks, but business, right? Business is about making money and the execs don't like it when they don't make money. Neandra, I saw you, uh, oh, sorry, Free, I saw you nodding. I did, definitely didn't see Neandra nodding unless the Fugi <laughs> has that functionality. I so. saw her nod. Uh, I, yeah, so, so Faria, I saw you like nodding and shaking at various points. Did you want to chime in before we move on to talking about old Bobby? Corporations suck. The head of corporations suck, especially. Segue into Bobby Kochik. Let's go. <laughs> okay, Neandra, anything to add before we do talk about Bobby? No, I'm good. Okay, so to to set the context here, um, I mean, uh, Bob, when is Bobby Kotick not in the news, really? Because that that motherfucker loves inserting himself everywhere. But um, he has, you know, done. I think it was Vanity Fair or Vanity Project, some you know, some magazine article where he's talking about game development. Essentially, taking a lot of the credit. Obviously, they we, they know Diablo's releasing. He's kind of taking a lot. Uh, he's basically managed to piss off everyone, which is an impressive trait of Bobby Kotick is that he managed to kind of I don't know who likes this guy like he's managed to piss off just about everyone maybe his fellow co corporates and CEOs but he's he's done a lot to take credit for the games where he says it's you know it's all down to his good management uh, he's spoken about AI and how he kind of wants to push more for like AI game development so that the game kind of develops itself which I, I suppose that suits him because you know if there's one thing he doesn't like it's his own developers so he'd rather the game develop itself um, he's talked about the sexual harassment scandal, saying that 
he you know his team did the investigation and it was essentially they found nothing wrong he's like we looked and there was no systemic issue with sexism in our company so like and and he blamed it all essentially on on labor unions he said you know actually it all comes back to labor unions it's people who are like nefarious forces trying to like shut us down trying to trying to screw us over because they don't like us and he was like, oh, well, you know, he did the classic I have a black friend where he did, well, my mother was a teacher, so she was part of a union. So I don't hate unions. I just hate these ones. Um, so it was a lot to unpack. Uh, Faria's lost her mind, so we'll, get, we'll let her gather herself in a moment. But Neandra, I, 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 I gather that you have read the article or at least know about it. That's, Do you have yeah. any, any specific thing you want to riff off of to start with? I just like, I don't understand why we're trying to redeem him, like, I assume the article had to be paid or something. So it's just fucking baffling that it exists in the first place. I mean, I mean, I, I'm just sorry for cutting you, but okay. like Bobby Kotick doesn't care if people like him first. Of course, he doesn't. He wants to make money. Second of all, the article doesn't care if people like Bobby Kotick because everyone's talking about the article. Mm. That's what they want, right? True. So it's like people keep thinking, oh, what a normal human being would do. Like, not none of this, but these people are not normal people. They're sociopaths. <laughs> They're psychopaths. They're out there to make money, and they don't care about morality. They don't care about anything. They don't care who likes them, and they're really good at making money. Whether or not it's morally right or not doesn't matter to them. So the article is also, like, the writers of the article are doing exactly what they need to do. They write an article about Bobby Kotick that everyone hates, and now everyone's talking about that one article. Yeah. I think ultimately, I just have sympathy for the devs who must like, who must read this and just be so fucking angry about it. And obviously, they can't say they're angry about it. They can maybe imply it on Twitter in like very vague terms, but yeah, it's just it's it's disheartening and it sucks. And yeah. Well, you say this. I actually will try and bring up on screen a tweet from an Overwatch developer, very clearly talking about how unhappy they are. Um. Let me just give me a second. Freya, do you have anything to add while I bring this up? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's just that he has such a hateable face. He has the kind <laughs> of face where you look at his eyes and there's nothing behind them. And it's just every bit of every word, every sentence that comes out of his mouth is just dripping. It's just dripping with self-obsession, self-absorption, and just like a complete, utter lack of awareness. Agreed. We'll he does have a stupid ass face. Um, so I will bring up this tweet from Dylan Snyder, uh, handle Chronofloss, who says, The people who work at Blizzard strongly want Activision's bullshit exposed for all to see. Activision punishes us for it by making sure to spout absolute drivel at the same time that we release that we, what we've worked on tirelessly. It's 100% malicious and intentional at this point. I've seen responses saying I'll lose my job and the like. Whatever. When I joined, I didn't sign up to parrot hollow platitudes about the ATVI C-suite. I joined because I believed and still believe in Team 4 and all my other friends and co-workers. They deserve the world. So I think that gives you a good picture for those people who are a bit like, you know, developers bad herder. It's, it's definitely a lot more complex than that. You know, it, it isn't one homogenous block that like everyone works hand in hand with Bobby Kotick and like love what he does. The developers are as often as upset, if not more pissed off, about what's going on. So what do you make of this statement in particular? I'll go to Faria first. Faria, like what do you what do you make of this sentiment amongst the dev side? I think the devs absolutely aren't deserving um are, are deserving of more sympathy. They 
it, it sounds so high school-esque, doesn't it? It's just like they make a lovely piece of art and then the like the bully of the class just like pours kerosene all over it, smiling, and sets it ablaze with his lighter. That's what like Bobby Kochik essentially is to these teens. And it's like it's insane, especially in light of the um all the lawsuits that we've seen. Right, everything, the, the sexual harassment, the racism within um, within Act Activision Blizzard, all that stuff comes out. You see these stories of like women getting um, just harassed to the brink, and he denies that it happened. He was there. He was there when it all went down. And that denial that he shows to the press, I'm sure that it's more deep-seated and that he like systemically perpetuates that even within the company yeah and again i think i think some people when when we talk about stuff like this people will say well wow well, who cares about what bobby's doing like it doesn't matter about or watch but of course it very clearly does have an influence as you can see with the developers themselves they're like not just in terms of what decisions get made and don't get made but even when those decisions are made how they are received so we've spoke a lot about how pride was received but and people talking about this being a cover-up for that but you know this gives you a little bit of an insight that for whatever one branch of Overwatch development wants to do, there's a potential other branch that's, well, shoving them, you know, up the butt the wrong way. So, Boger, I mean, do you have any thoughts on just what's been going on in Bobby? Some people say, if you don't like working for Bobby, just quit. And I think that's really silly, because um, at the end of the day, you might, you know, for example really like your uh, co-workers you might you know have a lot of things you need to pay off you might have a family that needs your support you can't just quit one day right um and just expect things to go well like especially in the way the world is right now you might be paying off a mortgage you might be paying off you know debt and student debts and stuff and if you just quit a job even one month can just you know make you homeless at the end of the day people it's a risk that people don't want to take always right and uh there's some people that say, you know, if if the developers don't like what's happening, just uh, protest about it, which is also silly because, you know, what, what, they're just going to get fired, right? <laughs> what, are you, what, what is Bobby going to be like? Oh, yeah, actually, you have a good point now. I, I definitely won't fire you now, right? Uh, it's a shitty situation. A lot of people hope that when Microsoft steps in, uh, everything's going to get better. But to be honest, I did think so as well because I was hopeful about stuff but i'm no longer hopeful i think it's just an illusion at the end of the day every time there's a new announcement every time there's something new happening it brings us hope for example pve was bringing us hope and then pv was cancelled and then we're like microsoft is gonna fix it right at this point i'm really tired i i my sympath uh, i I'm, I'm like i'm really sympathetic to right to the developers and the situation they're in because I'm sure they want to make a lot of great things and they can't really express themselves express themselves exactly like they want to because they need to go through executives first and foremost and they need to get the budget and la 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 so it's kind of a shitty situation uh i don't think it's as simple as just protest i don't think it's as simple as just quit and um I know that our best bet is that Microsoft does something about it, but that bet I don't have hope anymore for it because mm -hmm. uh, I just hope I don't I I have no hope. I just want to get to Grandmaster <laughs> and Life Weaver. I know all hope has been drained from Boger one pedal at a time. Uh, yes. Neandra, do you do you have any any thoughts? I mean, you were saying you know I don't think the devs will be able to to really go out there <laughs> publicly, and then you know some of them just couldn't take it anymore. No, it's uh, good good on them. 
I mean, when when I see the devs uh, say stuff like this, it does make me think uh, about what we mentioned earlier about you know how people have been complaining that Blizzard intentionally drops bad news preemptively, and like again, it just gives me more sympathy for the devs who must be just like so angry that higher ups just keep trying to fuck over their accomplishments. For sure, for sure, and again, I think it adds to the. It's a lot more murky. I know. I know it's easier to consume or, or understand something as as a one dimensional thing. Again, Blizzard bad, all of them bad. But I think it just shows you like it is a very gray and 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 murky situation where, yeah. Again, I think different forces are working towards different ends, and obviously, it, it kind of everyone loses is the sad part. Like we lose as, as consumers of Overwatch and lovers of Overwatch because we want a great game, but you know, Bobby's screwing it up or. Some you know sometimes it is the devs too. Sometimes the devs make bad decisions or misexecute, as we'll talk about the PVE in a second as well. And either way, we kind of you know we lose, they lose when this happens. When Bobby drops news when he feels like it and undercuts their work, or sometimes Shaft, you know, previous employees at Blizzard have spoken about how Bobby would often come in and ask them to do some new assignment that he felt like making them do. And then it would go badly, and then he'd tell them to scrap it, so they'd waste months of developer time for some random pet project that you know was never that good in the first place. So yeah, unfortunately, everybody loses in this scenario, but I suppose not Bobby, because he gets to cash his check at the end of the day. So that is the nature of it, and the, the sad nature of it. Do you guys I, I want to chime yeah. in. Yeah, I want to chime in that a lot of people that don't, you know, don't have a job, it's mostly teenagers or just really delusional young adults, they don't understand... Or like not even delusional people, people that have never worked in a corporation or never talked to someone that works in a corporation. Corporations are like their own thing. They're like an organism. There's a lot of moving parts happening there. And just to make one or two changes, right, that aren't just balanced, for example, adding a skin, it goes through a lot of hoops. Like there's a lot of steps that need to go through. You need to, somebody to design the idea. Like you need someone to make an idea, create the idea in their head. Then you need someone to draw the idea, like concept art. They need to, you know, show it to the execs or whoever they need to show it to. And they need to say, yes, that's okay. Then you need to program it. There's a lot of steps. There's a lot of moving parts. And uh, a lot of people, like, as you said, it could be the devs sometimes. It could be the execs sometimes. But people mostly blame the devs. And it's really shitty because I'm sure that the developers, you know, most of them, like, if they weren't, good at their job they will just get fired at the end of the day right and uh they are experienced people and I i've talked to some devs and they're really nice people and they're really passionate about this entire thing and about the game and it just really sucks that they get bullied constantly when you don't even know what's happening behind the curtain i'm not saying that devs have no fault i'm saying that we don't know which decisions were made by the devs and which decisions were you know made by higher ups right so People have this really narrow view on, of how a corporation works. They just think, uh, you know, you just do this, you just do that. But just to do one thing, you need to do so many other things just to get it approved and created and make sound design for the skin, concept art, this, this, just for one skin, right? It takes a lot of time. So I, I just want people to be a little bit more mindful and really think about the logistics of each and every change that they want people to do. Uh, people say silly stuff like just add more characters. You know, you can't just add more characters. You can't just do this or that. Like, I I know that you that some people don't understand, but I hope this opens the eyes for some people that it's a lot more complicated than just add X thing. Yeah, I mean, 
well said and i think in the in in the light of recent things that i have seen a lot more of these takes than ever before of just well just do Overwatch like this and it'll be saved. Just just do this. Go back to 6v6. Just go, you know, make this hero. Make this map. Some guy was like, just make a... I debated some guy who was like, just make Overwatch Classic. That's fine. It'll be fine. Just go back to how things were. Um, so let's, yeah, let's talk about the elephant in the room, I suppose. And the real backdrop, I think partly why we've seen so much angry response to pride on top of the homophobia um, and and you know just general anger in the Overwatch community comes from that PVE news the almighty PVE news um, that dropped now just over a couple of weeks ago and obviously at the time there's a lot of emotion a lot of sadness in the Overwatch community and I kind of want to gather how my panel feels with a little bit of time with a little bit of chance to compose themselves to think it over uh, so Fariha I'll go to you first with a little bit of distance, how do you feel about the PvE news? Do you, do you still kind of feel it stings? And there's lots of little elements there, but we'll just start with your bigger bigger picture feelings on it. I was honestly never really too, too upset about the PvE news. I'm, I'm more upset that, like, <laughs> poker's gone. No, I'm like, I feel that, um, I feel that... I, I love Borderlands, don't get me wrong, but like that kind of game, Borderlands Destiny, I'm not the kind of player who can play that thing for like a thousand hours. Like I can't do the thing where I ever play it eight times. Like I'm I'm done after like two or three. So I was never too, too upset about the fact that PvE was changing. I think that there's so much misinformation that PvE is getting cancelled. Uh, like even I'm still confused as to what's actually happening. It's PvE is shifting away from like a, sh a separate game that's being shipped into something that's just going to be fed into Overwatch 2, right? Uh, no. So from what I gather, and again, correct me on the panel if I'm wrong, essentially the the part that has been lost is the replayable... I forgot what the exact terms because they had the story missions and they had these other missions, which were the replayable hero ones missions. with... The, hero missions. Hero missions, sorry. Yeah, so that's trees. Yes. So that part is gone. There won't be the skill trees and it's likely there won't be a huge amount of replayability to whatever format of PvE we get. However, there will still be story missions, and they were always essentially intended to be in integrated into Overwatch 2. But mm -hmm. rather than be larger chunks dropped at more infrequent dates, the developers plan more frequent, smaller, what they call story events. So I think that encapsulates stuff like Lover Watch and, and the, the stuff that's mm -hmm. coming in Season 5. Okay. So there'll be lots of little things coming all the time that are mostly going to be like story missions that are a little bit smaller. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't really care about the replayability. I don't think it was ever really there. I mean, um, no no offense to the devs. I just, I think that kind of skill tree gameplay where you know where all the enemies are and there's like, you just, you're going through the motions and maybe listening out for new voice lines. Like that's not very exciting to me at all. I, I don't, I'm not the audience for that. So I don't know. I don't mind, but I, I'm sad that we're, I don't, see, that's the thing, like, I don't know if that means we get less lore and less character-driven stuff. Probably not, like, it's still going to be there, right? And the developers the, would say so. The thing is, that really baffles me, is that they drop the PV news. And they don't show anything for it. They don't show what it's going to look like in the future. They don't show how they're going to do the because they're still going to be PV. All they drop, like, they don't show the new hero, like, anything. Like, they could have showed, they could have been like, okay, guys, we fucked up. No PV. But here, look at the cool stuff that's coming. And they, they kind of did it, but didn't actually show the cool stuff. They just showed random names. What is, what is Quest Watch? What is that going to be? I, nobody knows. Nobody knows. 
So I, I think it's really silly. I don't know why they did it like that. And uh, I think people are just, you know, heartbroken in the sense that it was... I knew some... I, I still know some people that were really excited about PV coming out, some RRL friends. They never play Overwatch, but they liked doing PV stuff because they want to be chill. And uh, it's kind of heartbreaking because a lot of people were expecting this big PV drop and things happening. And it's really saddening because uh, a lot of the excuses they, they were making kind of just doesn't make sense anymore because they just canceled it. And I think that's why people are so heartbroken and angry about it. 100%. I'm just going to talk on the, the delivery of the news first before I, I get Neandra's thoughts on the news itself. But I agree completely with Boger, which is that even looking back at it now, the way they delivered the news was honestly like I can't think of many worse ways. Like unless you were deliberately trying to make it bad, the fact that it came in a forty like came after forty minutes of Star Watch discussion, which I think just hurts everyone because maybe their strategy was we'll kind of bore them and then no one will be left to listen about when we actually tell them that the PVE isn't what we said it was going to be, which just hurts the poor. I felt really bad for the poor devs who were on there to talk about Star Watch knowing that everyone's waiting for the PvE news, and then immediately everyone forgot about everything they said. So I feel bad for them because I feel like they were thrown under the bus. It made everyone mad because everyone was like, why are we waiting 40 minutes for, for then five minutes of Jared and uh, and Aaron coming on to say, by the way, guys, PvE ain't what it is. Peace out. No actual display of what was coming. Because I, I, I'm going to be honest, I'm quite sick of the developers, and we've always been sick of the developers, and they know we're sick of it, but they still do it, where they're like, cool stuff is coming, guys. And I'm really sick of that. Like, please just show us the cool stuff. Instead of the cool stuff is coming, show, don't tell, right? That's like a famous phrase in, in filmmaking is like always show, don't tell. Don't don't tell someone that this is what's happening. Just show them what's happening. And this is another case where it's like, rather than just being like, guys, don't worry, story's still going to be cool. And then we don't get anything. So I feel like they maybe just didn't appreciate that. Like the, the, the main problem I think it's caused is the delivery of the news. Forget about the news itself is that for the wider gaming public, they interpret it simply as PvE is cancelled, goodbye. And that's like the only sentiment they, they, they took away. And we know that there's various big YouTubers and, and content creators reacting to this, and that's the message that they've spread, that PvE is cancelled. And I really feel like the developers took an L there on top of the news itself, just the way they, they marketed it, let everyone come away with that because they didn't have anything to like actually change that narrative. There was nothing to show, oh, there's still this though. They said that's not coming, but there's still this. So on the, now on to the actual substance of what was said, Neandra. Again, I think you followed this <laughs> fairly closely. How do you feel yeah. about the news now that we're a little bit away from it? To, uh, to piggyback off what you said, I do agree the way the news was handled was just so absolutely atrocious. Um, but then on the other hand, I think I don't really think they could have given us anything that would have like helped once the news reached the wider gaming audience like once you've got like moist critical or donkey or whatever doing videos once you've got them doing videos it's like it doesn't really matter what pvp stuff they announced or whatever but um as for the pve news in general though i'm more upset about the amount of dev time that has probably been flushed down the toilet and the amount of work that's been scrapped rather than the specifics of what we've lost um i'm also kind of worried the pve might just kind of be might just kind of be fucked at this point because you can't get away from the context of oh we waited three years for this like there's just no way to judge any pve simply on its own merits at this point which is like really unfair to the devs, but it it, it is it is what it is. Um, that being said, like 
my neurodivergent brain has kind of struggled to be extremely upset because it's not clear what we've lost and what we're still getting because PvE explorations have always been a complete fucking mess. Uh, like, I'm pretty sure, like, let's say that story mode had been cancelled instead of hero missions. Um, I think people would be saying things like, but that's the part people wanted and now we're just going to be stuck with hollow unconnected archive missions that you can speedrun. And I think PvE can still be good because to me the differences between the two mode types always kind of seem like vague semantics. So it's the new sucks. It sucks a lot and it's really shitty, but I do still have some hope that the PvE could still be decent, which has made a lot of people angry because a I lot have... of people just want 100% Duma takes. I'm sorry to cut you, but no worries. <laughs> I hate. I I have no hope because as long as. <laughs> Because as long as they don't show me anything, I how no, can I have hope? No, that is completely fair. That, like, is, that it, is completely fair. I am so tired of having hope. I've been <laughs> having hope for so long. Before Overwatch 2 hit, I was like, Overwatch 2. Overwatch 2 hits PV. PV doesn't come out, Microsoft is going to save us. So I am so tired. Just show me the thing. Just give it to me. Like, show me something, right? You can't just be like, guys, big things are coming. Big things are coming. Where is it? At this point, I just believe that... They don't show anything because they don't have anything to show. Or what they have to show is mediocre. Because if they were really proud with it, they would just show it. Because why would they not? They they can mitigate the amount of uh, drama and the amount of bad press they were getting. They could bring hype. They could bring more players in that would be pre uh, preparing for the big content drop. But they show nothing instead. And now it's like two weeks before or a week before the new season. The next season, I think, is going to be really mediocre because they're focusing a lot of like effort on the season after this with the new mode, with the new hero and whatever. But even then, for me personally, I'm just here to grind Life Weaver. I have no <laughs> hope. I do not believe in anything. I want to see it. I want to play it. I want to know that it's good. I don't want to be told that it's going to be good. Just like SVB said, I'm so tired of that approach of, guys, it's coming, it's going to be good. Because that's what they did with PV. It was coming, it was coming. And then they're like, actually, it's not coming. My Bye, guys. And also, I want to say that I feel really bad for Jared. Because Jared just got put in the spot. He just got hired by Blizzard like a few months ago. And he had to deliver the PV news. And now everyone's pointing their guns at Jared. And it really sucks for the poor guy because he, he he's not at fault. He just got hired, and then Bobby Kotick is like, "Listen, dude, you have to tell everyone PV is being canceled." And he's like, "What? What? <laughs> like what? what? What did I do, right?" So it kind of sucks for the poor guy, but unlucky. I think, I think Jared would say he's all right with it. I think just having spoken to him enough, I think he's a very chill guy. I think he'd be like, "Yeah, this is my, this is why they hired me. This is why." Like, it's, it's in a way, it's a compliment. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, him. but it sucks, um, right? It does it suck, for, but he seems to be taking him. Twitter Twitter hate like a champ. So I mean, I, of I course, wish I had he's a, both Aaron and Jara, they're really cool people, and they're really nice. They're chill, right? So, so I, 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 I'm sorry, just to finish my thought, I just, like... I just feel bad for the dude, even though he's making a lot of money because he's hard to do this thing, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, there's a lot of people in my chat are like, oh, poor devs, they're just making, you know, a uh, few hundred thousand a year or whatever. I don't know how much people make. That's what people are saying in my chat. I don't have the brain capacity to argue with them, but uh, it just sucks, right? You just get hired into a new job and you need to, like, put this stuff out and everyone's like, fuck you, Jared, you piece of shit. But the poor guy didn't have any decision. He just got hired. Anyways. Yeah, I on. mean... What I would say is something that I think has become really clear to me as the the dust has settled about the PvE news. I think what it's shown me is, well, firstly, that Overwatch has so much like popular presence 
even though no one plays it. Because, like, the news of what, like, Overwatch's failure is very, like, widely received. Like, if nobody cared at all about Overwatch or, or knew about Overwatch, the videos saying that Overwatch is dead wouldn't get millions of views. Because if someone came up to you and was like, Gun Shooter 79 is dead, I'd be like, what the hell is that game? I don't know what that game is. I don't care. Why would I care? I'm not going to watch that video. People watch these videos because there is still, you know, we, we forget 60 million copies sold of Overwatch 1, right? We forget that. We forget that it was such a popular game, Game of the Year winner. So... What it's shown me is that there, that that's it still exists, and the real sadness of why I, I I am deeply sad that the PVE is not the way it's going to be, not even for what we've lost as players, it's for what Overwatch has lost as an opportunity, because this was I believe the one and last opportunity to actually bring back a huge set of people who left because they stopped enjoying Overwatch. And again, what it has really shown me is that there are millions of people out there who want to play Overwatch, but not pvp overwatch not the current version of overwatch like they love overwatch but they don't want to play overwatch and what they were looking for was a different way to experience overwatch right they wanted to spend time with the with the heroes they wanted to spend time in the world they liked the look and the feel and the aesthetic of the game so many things that we all fell in love with but they're just sick and tired of pvp overwatch like they don't want to play this game anymore and the pve was going to give them the chance to have like essentially a whole new game to play and therein lies the problem for the developers because they just didn't have the capacity to make a whole new game. They, they just burnt themselves out trying to do it. But that's also the problem now because if you don't provide an entirely new game, a way for people to meaningfully and consistently continue to engage with Overwatch, all those people who could have come back, all those people who could have been like reigniting their interest in Overwatch will probably never come back or if they do, it will be in a very flimsy way because there's just nothing going to be there to grip them. The PvE is now going to be an arm to supplement the PvP. The PvE is now going to be there as like a, we're going to create hype and you'll come in and log on to play Mischief and Magic or whatever. But at the end of the day, we want you to, to buy the Battle Pass and like buy the skins and, and play the, the PvP game. But that's not going to satisfy people. That's not what people are after. So I think that's what actually is the biggest loss to Overwatch. It isn't even that I personally am going to be super upset that I don't have a replayable story mission because technically you can we can all find that in different games if we wanted to it's that no one will find that in overwatch and no one will come back to overwatch and now at this one neandra unless you've also gone off the fugi <laughs> um hello I'm, I'm gonna default to your thoughts on this one wow yeah no i get it i mean i think we all occasionally will load up overwatch because we want to interact with it but then we just aren't feeling up to sweaty pvp Especially like, even quick play can be really sweaty sometimes mm -hmm. when you're just trying to have fun with friends. And I also think this news was like especially scary for content creators because for a lot of us, we've kind of been banking on that singular big explosive release date as a sort of turning point that brings in a whole new audience and their for our content. And knowing that might not really be a thing at this point is just kind of scary, especially if you already had a foot out the door. All I'm really hoping for at the moment is because I what like what Boga said is that I expect season five to be sort of like a bit low key, and then I'm really really hoping that season six is a bit of a comeback. And if it's not a comeback, we might be kind of fucked. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, you know, just oh, eggs in one basket, I guess. Free, are you okay? You you you've been gone for a while. I just want to check. Are you okay? Yeah, an Overwatch dev uh, came into my house. 
I tell you to shut the fuck if up. You, if you notice, me and Faria came back at the same time. Yeah. I went to call her because she was getting like late. Like it was getting kind of you know why why is she getting leaving? Laid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not late, late, late. I know I have an accent, <laughs> guys. Listen, I know I have an accent. Don't make me have one. I I thought it's not that good. <laughs> okay, shut up, shut up. Listen, okay, shut up, shut up, please. I I thought. I thought that like Faria was going to get some food and then you eventually fought over the one apple that Boger won and returned with. And it's Faria not an apple, up. it's a peach. Give I had to steal the peach from Faria. She was like, Boris, leave the peaches peach. alone. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, I don't know. Were you able to catch me? I don't know. Your headphones are not wireless, so I'm guessing not for you. <laughs> no, I couldn't hear anything. I'm okay, so, sorry. so we're just we're just kind of discussing uh, the PVE news, uh, and in particular, we're discussing what the implications are for Overwatch going forward. So I, I'm actually going to turn you to an even uh, another question, actually, which is that as the dust has settled, uh, there's a few strands of thoughts that have emerged beyond just the upsetness of we're not getting the PVE. It's also that. People feel like there's a legitimate argument that they've been lied to, that somehow the Overwatch developers have misled willingly their audience and kind of brought them along on this ride of Overwatch 2 under the, the, the banner of, well, PvE is coming, buy our skins, buy our battle passes, be invested in the game that is, is eventually going to be this. And then they knew for, like, you know, this is the, the narrative is that they knew for a long time and only now chose to pull the rug after they got, like, a good amount of money out of it and, and waited later than they had to. Do you... How do you feel about that sentiment? I don't know. I, I, I feel for these people because they were expecting something and their expectations got dashed. But I think it's just, it speaks back to like the massive tragedy that's at the core of Activision Blizzard. It's that I think that Activision merging together with Blizzard has caught like a, has caused a lot of issues like within the company itself, within the culture of Blizzard Entertainment itself, because I think that Blizzard Entertainment prides itself so much on that moniker of perfection. It it does. You're you're scoffing, but it does. Because <laughs> no more. Is, it's, you're 20 years in the past, but you yeah. are so far. It, it used to be like that, but yeah, yeah but like, Mortal, like... uh, PVE, uh, Warcraft Heroes 3, of the Storage. Storm. Here's the storm got fucking got it. I, I, you're right. Back in the day, it used to be like that, but it's, it's been so like it's been ten years since then, or maybe five. We're still holding on to that moniker of perfection. That's the that's like the biggest tragedy of all. Be is because because people have hope. People believe that Blizzard is gonna go back. It's like that abusive ex, and people are like, oh, she's gonna get better. <laughs> if you're gonna fix her. I'm gonna fix her. You cannot fix Blizzard. Blizzard is so no, far gone. Yes, but I'm no, sorry. It's like they, they hold on to that idea of perfection that they have to come out with a finished product. You know, they can't show the process because that would be imperfect. That wouldn't be good enough. And throughout the pandemic, the, the merger, everything that's gone on, the changes in staffing, uh, the Overwatch team has seen a lot of strife, like a lot of challenge. And I think that we all would have been so much more sympathetic and so much more understanding if they had shown us the process along the way. But because they had such a rigid mindset of like what they're allowed to show us in the first place, I feel like it keeps them from telling us anything. Like that's that's what I wish for at the crux of things. Like I don't care if things get canceled, just tell us, you know? And And like as per the development side of things like if we saw the process a little bit more that like that's what i thought was the magic of tanlantis was it called that community created map like it was drank it was messy as shit but like it was wonderful getting to see how they piece that stuff together in whatever engine they use right so like show us the process mm -hmm. and that's an interesting sentiment neandra a do you how do you feel about that sentiment do you feel like it could have been 
received better had we had we kind of heard more about the process and again how do you feel about the sentiment that blizzard kind of deliberately lied and and led people on for a quick cash grab um i mean maybe i'm being a bit too hopeful but i i don't want to think it's malicious especially when the developers seem to be kind of upset by this news themselves like it doesn't seem to be something they wanted to do um i think i mean more communication is something we've always asked for right like for years now and i I do think it's getting better i think we're getting more of it i guess maybe it's we get more communication but it's not always what we want and maybe that's the problem because you know ultimately i don't want to be that person that asks the devs to communicate more and then just rags on them every time they do but I don't know. It sometimes it does feel like they still miss the mark quite a bit. I feel like they. I. I what I will applaud them for is I do think they're trying. Like they heard yeah. the the we need more work communication, but they haven't really. I don't think they've really meaningfully understood and changed what that means. I think they do this a lot. I actually think they they listen to feedback a lot, but don't implement it in the way that the community necessarily means it. So with the like commu- like the communicate more, they communicate a lot. A lot of it is just trash. I'm not gonna lie. Like a lot of it is just like <laughs> random like blog posts that are full of like mostly nothing. Like there are a lot of like we're working on you know, like I so many times over the years or whatever we've read now or, or the last six months plus of Overwatch 2, we've read like we're doing things about defense matrix, you know, we're doing things that like to to handle cheaters, to handle you know, bigotry, we're doing things, we're doing things. The matchmaker, how many times have we heard well, we're working on the matchmaker, guys, we're doing stuff for the matchmaker. And occasionally we get like these statistics. I like the thing when they gave us like, okay, this is the percentile of matches that are balanced, blah, blah, blah. But often it's just we're doing things. And that's kind of like the, the extent of it. And that's, again, how the announcement of the PvE felt. Oh, we're doing things. It's going to be good things coming, guys. I promise. So like, I don't really think communication for the sake of communication is, is worthwhile. Like just chiming in every couple of weeks to say we're doing things. Like I, I hope you fucking are because like what else are we doing otherwise? But it's more, but I also sympathize that like, for example, after the PvE news, I already saw people being like, whoa, the developers are going quiet after dropping the PvE news, huh? And it's like, well, I mean, what did you want? You wanted them to tell you, like, two weeks later, still still not it was going to be, guys, still cancelled, like, oh, off you go. You're like, it's it's got to be of substance. So I do sympathize with them, but I also don't think they've got it right. Um, Boger, is it all a cash grab? Like, was it all a, a knowing cash grab that Blizzard kind of led people on into the Overwatch 2 project? The PvE stuff? Well, again, the like, whole... Yeah. The whole they yeah. knew PV was going to be not what they said, mm-hmm. and they 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 deliberately de- kept that information quiet longer than they needed to, so mm-hmm. that people would buy more or watch two stuff. I mean, why would they not do that? I mean, I don't know what's going on in in the background, like behind the curtain. Like I know when they knew this was going to happen. I suspect they probably knew by the beginning of the year that it's not happening, right? So. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the developers or, you know, the executives or whoever, you know, called the the decision, they were like, you know what, let's just, you know, keep the player base going, keep the people playing, Uh, let's not announce it yet and keep it, you know, hidden for a bit. This way more people are going to play because they're going to be more hopeful and people are not going to quit because they're going to be thinking OPV is going to come out soon. So, uh, again, it all boils down to when... When do we have any concrete evidence on when they knew PVO is not happening? Like, uh, as far as I know, obviously, they could have known that before Watch 2 launched, or they could have 
like heard about it like two weeks ago. Obviously, I'm not making excuses for the developers. I just don't know what's happening in the background, and I just don't think it's fair for me to say what's a cash grab or not. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is Blizzard. It is Activision. So I'll say yes because Activision does suck as a company. <laughs> I mean, people have, I think people have tried to piece together timelines based off various things that have been said. I think from what I gather, because when, cause when they dropped the news, actually, uh, Andy, the community manager, was in my chat and I, I, I kind of asked him point blank. I was like, Andy, how do you feel when people say that you guys know, knew for a long time that you, you were going to cancel this and you, and you misled people? Essentially, his response was that it's like it's it's not as clear cut as like they knew at this point and they were going to cancel like these things happen in a gradual process where they have to like scale back and it's like okay we're we're not going to be able to do this we're not going to be able to do that and then eventually somewhere down the line it comes to okay guys i think we're going to have to announce that you know hero missions are dead so i think that would be the developer pov is like it's not a it's not a okay we knew before we dropped Overwatch 2 we're not going to give them pv but let's just be quiet about it I think they would say that it was a gradual thing, but for you, does that like, does that make it better? Like, do you, do you, do you kind of buy that? Like, do you think it's like, it's, it's okay that it was like a gradual decision? Or do you, again, do you think they should have been more honest as they went that like they're scaling back their ambitions? I, I think it completely makes sense. This is why I advocate for showing the process. It's like, if you, if you, I, I follow a lot of game developers, I follow a lot of like indie game developers, namely as well. And one thing that you'll notice from the companies that made things like Potionomics or like, um, that's the one example that comes to mind, but like a lot of them will come out with these, uh, like these development notes or these, um, these gifts of just like an animation from inception to the final version in the game. And it's really, really sweet seeing that because it gets to show you how intensive the process is and how much work goes into just like a single, like a scene of a character picking up a plant, you know, like it just, it's, it's a lot of work. So if they had shown us or if they, you know, kept us in the loop, that would have been pretty good. I think if they kept us in the loop, it would have maybe been better, but I think of the, at the end of the day, the fact that they promised PvE and they cancelled it, no matter how they delivered the news, it people would have been really upset and sour about it. Uh, I wish they kept us updated about it, but even if they knew beforehand, I can't imagine that when Overwatch 2 hit and in the following months when Overwatch 2 was having, you know, good viewership, uh, that they were going to come out and say, yeah, there is no PvE, uh, it's not coming out, because that would just kill all the hype, that whatever hype we had back then, right? So... Uh, uh, there, there is no good way to deliver the news at the end of the day. Like you could say, like how do you even say gradually? I, I, like how do you even deliver the news gradually? You're gonna be like, oh, uh, so there is no talent trees, but PV is coming out. Uh, so it's not gonna be a campaign. Like, like it's just gonna be a constant drip of negative news. So I think it's like tearing off the bandage, right? Like, it's like the bandaid or whatever. Uh, it, it hurts, but you just do it, right? You just tear it off. You know, it, it, you can't really do much about it you just have to announce it i mean they couldn't like not announce it and keep people in the dark and be like yeah it's coming guys but i don't think they wanted that yeah it is it is a tricky situation and i think like uh, in a different circumstance if there, it was a different team it would have it gone differently because i just feel like there's so little goodwill for for activision blizzard right like maybe if it was a, a, a game development company that was more popular that was more like widely ballyhooed and, and championed and people would have been a bit like okay we'll give them some slack like, you know, they gave us so much good things and again to Freya's point like maybe Blizzard 
six, seven years ago, that would have been absolutely the case. I, I, I have no doubt that like if six, seven years ago Blizzard had said this, people would have been a lot kinder to them. The problem is though, everything we mentioned earlier about Bobby and what's going on in Activision Blizzard that there's no leeway. Like if you're working at Activision Blizzard, like nobody gives a shit about your feelings essentially, which is sad. And I, I feel bad for the devs who are there, but that's just the truth. It's just like people, people don't really like they don't want to hear your excuses anymore because they've just like they're they they kind of feel like they've been screwed over by the by the developers one too many times. And I, I again I think there's this increasing resurgence. And I I don't my the way my mind works. I'm always like, what's the productivity in this? But there's been a lot of people who are now more than ever lamenting the loss and death of Overwatch 1. Like, oh, well, we, if it was all for this, we could have just kept Overwatch 1. You know, like, w what did we lose Overwatch 1 for if if we're not even getting the, the thing that was supposed to be why Overwatch 1 stopped getting developed? Um, and obviously, like, for me, I'm like, well, we're never going back there. So what's, wh what is this spilled milk we're crying over? But, I mean, how do you guys feel? Does it does it make you lament Overwatch 1? You no. don't want to talk? No? I want to talk about it. But oh, you want I always say I want to go first, right? That was my point. I know Life Weaver has uh, debilitated me mentally, and uh, I've read, like I, I don't speak as clearly anymore, and uh, I, I, you know, I'm a bit silly. But I didn't want to say that people that keep going back and saying, "Oh, they should have kept Overwatch One. It was so good. Life was so good, guys. It wasn't good. I, I hate that. I hate it so much. Like I hate it so much." Like, it's not that the game itself was bad or anything. The game itself was okay. Like, the game right now is okay. As we said at the beginning, it's really chill to play this game sometimes and not play it all the time like I do. And I feel like that's a really cool experience. The game is not made for a competitive uh, person, like for com people that seek the challenge. It's just so bad competitively. But for a chill experience, everybody wants, not everybody, but everybody has their hero that they really like playing because the heroes are really unique. And even back in the day, you could still get that experience, but the game sucked in the sense that we didn't have any updates. It was so boring. Uh, we People keep going on and on about, oh, you know, I missed two tanks, I missed this, I missed that. Maybe, you know, it's a personal choice, uh, like personal opinion, if you like two tanks or one tank more. But for me, I don't care. It's the same thing. And... Um, 2CP, people go keep going back and they're like, oh, why did they take out 2CP? I love 2CP. Nobody loved 2CP. When I played Overwatch 20 hours a day, there was nobody who was like, I love playing 2CP. Where were you back then? You were not there. So it's really infuriating when people keep going back because, you know, they keep looking back into the past. Um, and some people might catch this reference where it's from, but they keep looking into the past uh, with rose-tinted uh, rose glasses. I was literally going to say that. Yeah, and when Fucking you keep Bojack. looking... When you, yeah, when you look at the past with those tinted glasses, all of the flags, all of the red flags, just look like normal flags, right? And it's so silly, because, again, it's like an abusive ex. People, after they break up, years later, they're like, oh, why did I break up? It, it used to be so good. It wasn't. I remember how bad it was. Everyone was so disappointed. Everyone was so depressed. Everyone was so... Uh, like, just bored out of their minds. Nobody liked the game. We had, like, 8K viewers back then. Nobody watched this game. Everybody kept saying dead game, which they do right now as well. But, like, it wasn't better back then. So it's really silly because people keep, keep being nostalgic about it without actually being objective about it. Uh, even if we went back right now to Overwatch 1, we would be in the same situation, if not worse. 
Like right now, if we reverted everything and kept the new heroes and the new maps, the game would be still not popular. The game would still be in the same situation. Like, I know popular, it, it define like, everybody has their own definition, but it would still be in the same spot. Because it doesn't... It's just, there's a lot more things uh, in Overwatch that don't make it as exciting for new players. I think it's mostly... Uh, why, why would you play Overwatch, right? If I want a competitive experience, I'm going to play some other game. If I want to have a more chill experience, I'm going to play something else. Like you said before in your podcast, what is the point of playing this game? There is, for who is it made? This game is just to be played sometimes when the new season hits and then stop playing. And rinse and repeat. Anyways, that is my opinion. Freya, you were kind of wanting to chime in. I want to get Neandra's thoughts as well, but you, you were kind of nodding along the BoJack reference. <laughs> I think that the people who look back and go like, oh, Overwatch 1 was better, take us back. You know, back back in my day, we actually enjoyed this game. It's like, no, bitch, like you were the loudest complainer to to rag on this game in every possible way. You were you're that asshole coming into Twitch cat twi Twitch chats and typing in dead game, you know? Like those people are the very people who who hated the very essence and, and staleness of Overwatch 1. And it's like the, what what Boger said, it's just, I think that nostalgia warps and people are looking for that feeling that they had when they initially played Overwatch 1 and they just couldn't wait to play the next game, to like figure out what the next hero did or like to just learn more about the game and the mechanics and you know people for me right i was so excited that i was just watching any youtube video i could find about the game because i just i just wanted more of it i was so in love with it and so enraptured by it all and they're looking for that feeling but that feeling isn't there because their relationship with this game their expectations of what it needs to be for them is shifted it's it's a higher bar now and like even for me looking back on the games that I used to love when I was a kid, like I played the shit out of Final Fantasy 1 and 2 and um, having the chance to revisit those games remastered on mobile, I'm like, what is this garbage? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> this is, I can't bear it. It's so slow. Like, ah. So yeah, my two cents. Yeah, I think that's a really important point you brought up. I, I do think we're at a stage where the consumption of gaming in itself is is at a crossroads because I think we kind of we're living through the era where we're kind of like the first generation as it were where gaming is now like acceptable and and this great popular hobby right you know in the in, when I was when I was a youngster because obviously I think some of us are of different ages than others when I was a youngster you know you were you, you would not tell people you you gamed you know it was like a too nerdy an activity it was lame it was like a loser thing to do then you know now in the modern era like oh, everyone games and like it's it's a pretty normal thing it doesn't necessarily make you cool but it certainly doesn't it's not something to be shameful about and and lots of like people yeah. probably get bullied in school for not being radiant in valorant or something yeah, probably, like, right? you, like, you, you, you don't have you know the highest rank in valorant and like the jocks are just sitting there grinding Valorant. it's like yo bro you're what's your rank in valorant oh i'm actually just you know diamond <laughs> a fucking idiot you know exactly like, right so so like the, the era has changed and 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 corporations realize that gaming is super profitable, right? It's like more profitable than film and music or something combined. So like corporations realize it's profitable and, and, and the, the model has changed accordingly. We got live service, we got microtransactions, we got developers trying to constantly milk you for money all the time rather than like a one-time release. And I think we're really seeing gamers kind of come to that realization and that jaded expectation of like what it is to consume games. Because there's no... Like, there's only degrees of satisfaction. There's no one actually super satisfied with the game they're playing. Like, whether you look at the Valorant community, the Apex community, League of Legends community, Dota community, 
some core tenant of them are upset. You know, Final Fantasy or World of Warcraft, they're all like, some core tenant of them are upset. They're unhappy with the game. They think developers are shit and stupid. And they think they always make bad decisions. The, the, the difference is just the scale of the number of people who are just playing, who are baseline happy, is higher in those games. You know, whatever they may say, more people are, from what we can gather, playing Apex, playing Valorant, playing League of Legends. They still have the same way they approach discourse in the game. They're still like, ah, shit game, dumb game, stupid game, not as good as it used to be. So, like, we are reaching this reckoning, and I think we should be careful about nostalgizing our, our first falling in love with Overwatch with its actual quality or not, because, yeah, I mean, I know the the seagull montages of genji look real sick then but i'm sure seagull would be the first one to tell you that that was like some plat level genji when it was starting in overwatch one so like we've evolved a lot like a lot has changed um and i think people because i i've been for fun content because i've not been actually playing overwatch for several weeks for some fun content i um i trolled through the forums yesterday and the day before and there's a strong theme of people saying that oh two tanks was better it was easier to balance 66 was better and i think a lot of people are forgetting well, pretty much the entire history of Overwatch where they struggled to to just be able to balance two tanks in the same game, like or even multiple like three and four tanks in the same team. And I think it yeah, people are nostalgia is a powerful drug. But Neandra, I wanna hear your thoughts on like just this whole sentiment or anything that we've talked about if you wanna riff off of it. Uh, I mean, it is kind of wild that, like, every live service game is competing to be your forever game with daily challenges and trying to get you to have the game as part of your identity and whatever. Um, I do think it is a bit hard to gauge, because is it fair to compare Overwatch 2 to Overwatch 1 when it wasn't getting updated because they were working on Overwatch 2? But that being said, I do prefer Overwatch 2. I love 5v5. And every time people mention the two tanks thing... All I think about is just how long the queue times were for tank. No, how short they were and how it kind of screwed up the game because no one wanted to play it. And it's like, how do you all miss it if none of you are playing it? Why did I always have to play tank when I flex queued if all you fuckers wanted this? And like, if you remember in Overwatch 1, there was like three tank pairings people liked. People liked Winston Diva, they liked Ryan Zarya, and I guess they liked, what was it, Ryan Diva or something. And then all the rest were, like, terrible. Everyone hated them. So I, I kind of roll my eyes a little bit at it. But, yeah. The, we're seeing life service games reinvent themselves more and more to stay relevant. So, I mean, I, I think it's understandable that Overwatch did something like that, I guess. I think for me, like, the main thing, ultimately, is that I just kind of hate how we've gone back to being the wider gaming community's favorite punching bag again. Like, we almost escaped it for a bit. And now we're just fucking right back there. And that is like the worst part for me. Uh, you know, it's really funny. There's a huge ass community of people that just love hating on Overwatch. It's really... No, that really is. Like, it really is. I think it's just a bunch of ex-Overwatch players that like were pushed away from the game because of certain decisions, whatever decisions might have pushed them away. And there's been... Because Overwatch used to be so big, I guess they gathered around and they just... Every time they see anything negative about Overwatch, they're like, oh, yes, yes, I want it. Right, like, I love it. And it's really funny because every time there's anything good that happens in Overwatch, nobody reports about it because it's not good content, right? But every time something negative happens, all the big YouTubers, which is normal because they want clicks, uh, they all report about it. Obviously, you just don't do bad decisions and stuff, but it's really silly uh, to see things like that. It's always... Uh, like Goat and stuff, they're like, oh, they canceled PV, they canceled PV, everyone's talking about they canceled PV, Overwatch this, Overwatch that. 
And it's like, man, this game is struggling enough. Just leave us alone. <laughs> just like, I'm already having a rough time playing Life Weaver. I don't, I don't need Mr. Asmungo telling me how bad the game is. I, I can see it on a daily basis, okay? I get it. I get it, guys. And, and yeah, Dragon, this is something you've been quite personally annoyed about as well, because I, I saw you're, you know, tweeting about this. And yeah, uh, there is a strong sentiment of kind of almost willfully misrepresenting the facts to kind of shit on Overwatch a little bit, because it is free real estate as it were but yeah i mean i mean how do you feel about it i mean it's it's what i like said at the beginning of this where i just i hate when people lie to criticize overwatch because the as broker said there's no short supply of problems there's so many things you can pick about we don't need to do bad faith arguments that get us twitter points because it's just ugh. There was a fucking Dextero article. Sorry to sorry to cut you no, off. No, no, it's okay. Just really quickly, um, there was a freaking article that they just put out where it was like, "Oh, did you know you could toggle off the pride the pride content being in the game?" And I'm like, "What? <laughs> That's not even a thing. Is that a thing? That's not a thing." I don't know. I have no I've first I've heard of it. First I've heard I think it. Dexatero I... might be like ChatGPT at this point. Yeah. Like, they just get some Reddit articles. And they just fire the older writers and just have to, yeah. like ChatGPT writing them. Maybe if it's like maybe their way of toggling it off is like VPNing to fucking Russia or something. It's like that's how we did it. But like, <laughs> I certainly don't think it's going to be like a men open menus toggle off Pride. You know, I, I yeah. I mean, obviously, that this is a, a, a wider... It's not like this is exclusive to Overwatch. You know, negativity, misinformation always travels faster. Um, but why why is it, do you think... And do you think anything that they can do for you to, like, change the sentiment? Like, other than just make a good game? Hmm. I... Hmm. Like Neandra was saying, like, I, I just... I get so personally annoyed when I see that, like, purposeful spreading of misinformation and it's not even in a funny way. Like, I appreciate that. If it's, like, out of memory, great, right? I think it's important to add in some levity to tough situations, but... There's so much you can do. There's so much creativity to be had, so many things to report on. It's like, I hate it when people play into that negativity bias that's already just present in everything. It's fucking exhausting. Guys, do you remember Do you remember No Man's Sky? <laughs> no Man's Sky was the punching bag for a little while. And you know what the devs did? They shut the fuck up and they just delivered content. And I know it's probably not the best you know, idea to just stop talking at all. But if they just start delivering good content, like people, like stuff that people really gonna get excited about, I think they could fix it. But they just need to, they just need to give us the things, right? Like I, I just want stuff to do, right? Like No Man's Sky was such a commercial failure when it came out. It was an absolute disaster. But they managed to pull the game out of the depths by just sitting there and relentlessly developing new patches and new content that people want and people are seeking for and i i like i know that it's a punching bag uh overwatch it, it, like everyone loves shitting on this game there's such a huge community just trash talking the game but i promise you that if the game just starts delivering what is you not even promise like fuck fuck promises but just starts delivering fun engaging content that's not star wars and just things to do and things to play and think just fun stuff over time it's gonna pop off apex also was struggling a lot and then they started delivering yeah now they're struggling again because their rank system sucks but hey people are playing apex 
and they're playing a lot more than they used to because they just shut the fuck up and they just develop the game. And I don't know what's happening again, the, you know, in the in the behind the curtain uh, with Blizzard and stuff. I, it's easy to blame devs. It's easy to blame uh, the CEOs or whatever. But I, I, just give us fun stuff to do. If you give us fun stuff to do, people will play. And when people play, you see the streamers are happy. When the streamers are happy, people are going to check in. They're like, what? I'm a happy streamer. A happy streamer? I'm going to play the game now. Let's see what it is. And then they're going to play. And then they're going to be like, yo, remember Overwatch? Let's play Overwatch. I promise it's fun. But it's about releasing fun, engaging content that people want. You know, like just stuff that people want to try, stuff that people want to play. I don't want to play fucking circuit uh circuit royale i don't want to play a new havana uh like just give me something that's fun and engaging i i i don't know maybe it's just me maybe i'm wrong but i i just like there there hasn't been anything exciting the last few months the patch notes are are underwhelming to say the least in the sense that there's nothing really that much fun in it. There's like oh we buffed junker queen a bit and now she's broken uh have fun bye and I just, I just wish we had more fun stuff to do. Like, for example, <laughs> um, League of Legends has this event called Earth, where they have uh, all of a sudden a bunch of really broken abilities. Every character has them, and everyone's really ridiculous and so silly. And they put it on sometimes, and everyone's have like people genuinely get excited about it. And I remember the April Fool's patch. That was really cool, but they removed it after two days. Why? Why did they? It is mind-boggling that they removed the most fun event that they've had. Just just like that. Anyways, rant over. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll allow Freeha and Neandra if they want to chime in on anything that Boger said there. Freeha? Oh, well, I think that they need to stop taking themselves so seriously. Like, that April Fool's patch, that was comedy gold. That was amazing. This game is a silly game. It's a silly game with silly characters who say silly things. Tracer has a voice line where she's like, blinkity blinkity, like, really? Like you're going, you're going to hold this game up to a bar of perfection and polish and seriousness when that exists? Like, please, <laughs> just like, let us have more fun, silly things that tap into lore, tap into comedy. Um, let us, let us indulge in both sides of the game because it's like, there's so much opportunity for it. There's such an audience for lore. There is such an audience for character-based uh, content. You know, like I see on Twitter, the stuff that does really, really well on my algorithm, I don't know if it's just who I follow, but it's like, it's the artwork. It's the people who sit there and mine for voice lines. It's the people who find these like dumb little interactions between Junkrat and like a kill he got, he gets across the map. Like it's, people love that stuff. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a, a feeling that I've been, getting more as i've looked back and reflect on the wider history of overwatch and again it, it's not really something that serves because i don't see it realistically being implemented in the game somehow but the real people keep arguing over like going back to 66 and two tanks the real actual loss of overwatch as a philosophical game was the open queue transition because like what role queue brought was sanity to a game that people mostly played for silliness and I think that that's essentially what you're touching on, Freya, which is that, like, people enjoy the April Fool's patch because they kind of enjoy dumb shit in Overwatch. They enjoy, like, the bustedness of the characters. And ironically, the more we get towards balance in the game, which happens a lot, like, we have, we've had some, some pretty good balance days, no matter what people will tell you on the internet. 
And we've had some pretty good balance states, and people weren't really that happy because ultimately, again, the, the funness of Overwatch is just going and doing something really stupid with a character. Like, you're just being Lucio, and you and you ult on some guy's head, and you insta-kill him, right? Like, that's <laughs> very funny. Something. That's very funny, and that's very entertaining. And, and obviously, while I prefer having roll queue and... Obviously, there's a myriad balance concerns, which is why, again, I, I I don't see us going back there in any way. Plus, like, we barely balance for 5v5, let alone balancing, rebalancing if we were to ever go back to open queue. But I do think the biggest loss of the community probably was the the switched over to open queue, or from open queue to roll queue, because that's what, like, even Donkey talks about in his video, right, where he's like, I cannot believe they went to open, like, the roll queue. This is the stupidest decision ever. And to, to an Overwatch player, like, no, you're an idiot because I was tired of four DPSs in every game. But for a lot of people, it didn't matter. Like, it, it wasn't, that wasn't really why they played the game. And again, this goes back to my sentiment of, like, what has really been, what people are really grieving over is not, I don't think, the loss of the PvE for what was promised, but the loss of what could have been, which is that a game that, was silly and fun and replayable outside of a competitive PvP shooter. Um, I think that's what people are really looking for. And it is sad because Overwatch does have a beautiful universe because I, I, I've been playing other games and I, I, play, I spent a week playing Apex. And my goodness Christ, the, the voice acting, the dialogues are so fucking awful, dude. The one that sticks with me is that there's this new hero called Mad Maggie who's basically budget Junker Queen. And she has a voice line at the start when you lock her. She says, you can't spell problematic with me, without me. And I'm like, does it fucking make sense? There's just the letters that happen to be in the word. They're not even in the order of me. They're in the other way around. That's just like saying that like you can't spell like, I don't know, insane without I. It was like, it just, it just <laughs> pick two letters that are in the word and made a word out of it. Like, that's not clever. It's not funny. You guys don't know how to write voice lines in your game. Like, the characters in most other games are really shoddy and really badly done. And it is sad that how well Overwatch have done their characters are, are not really fully appreciated or spent time with. Um, but yes, Neandra, you haven't said anything in a while. Do you have anything you want to chime in on? I'm I'm active in a really big general gaming Discord, and Overwatch comes up every so often. It's not like a regularly talked about thing. And one thing that did surprise me was the amount of times that like not liking Roll Queue would come up with people who don't play the game anymore. Because, like, I just can't comprehend that as someone who does play regularly, who thinks that Roll Q did amazing for the game. But a lot of casual players who fell off Overwatch, they feel the devs catered towards us too much. Towards, like, streamers and competitive players and the sweaty players, and they feel like they got left behind and stuff. And then you talk to streamers and we feel the opposite, which is always quite fascinating. I'm, I've also been getting more into doing TikTok lately, and I've noticed that, like, Casual Overwatch content is doing so fucking well on TikTok. Like, there is a huge audience for it. They love voice lines. They eat that shit up. Um, the one thing I've mainly been doing is just, like, useless facts. And that's been doing really well. And I've been getting good views. And it feels like there really is just, like, an untapped market out there of a casual audience that we don't really interact with because we do, like, competitive and we get mad at the game and stuff like that. Well, the thing about it is that it's it's a flimsy engagement from what I can gather in the sense that like, yeah, people love seeing voice interactions. Like I've I've had this as well where I've done like, I've done videos, I've done a few TikToks of like two characters saying something funny or cute to each other. The problem is that because it's not a fully fleshed out like story campaign, it's just, it's like you listen to it and you move on, right? That, like that, again, that goes back to the problem of the loss of PVE is that 
it'll be really funny one time to see a story mission play out where Junkrat and Roadhog are, are robbing something, right? That one time that people watch it will be great. But the, like it's it, that's it. It starts and ends there, right? Like the one time you've seen it, you've seen it. It's not like a, again the the difference of like a PVP thing is that okay, you might have seen one Genji highlight reel, but you still like the second one because you like the character. And you want to see him pop off. So like I I think that's the problem with you're right that there is there is a huge interest in like what more about the characters i want to learn about them i want to know because like i've also done a few videos like elaborating on their backstories and people have received them very well like the backstory of mercy like you know people are interested like what well, where did she come from like what was her history but as long as it, that needs constant delivering right you need constant information about like well you know today we're going to tell you what actually happened to anna between the ages of 25 and 40 like this is what she was doing and if that doesn't come then like you know how long can you keep rehashing a, a one line from a comic somewhere to tell people that this happened. So I think that's, that's unfortunately the problem with it. But Yeah, there isn't really a solution for that, I think. Apart from, like, more PvE. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have anything well, I mean, else you want to add to this? Oh. Sorry, go ahead, Nandra. No, all I was going to say is, I mean, keep in mind we do get more content at least. You know, like, we had Level Watch for Valentine's Day and Star Watch. <laughs> that was all. Freya, Boger, you guys anything to add on this? Not really, no. Freya, pondering. Pondering for Org. Nothing for you. Nothing okay. for me, no. You approached that like a game show contestant was like, would you like a lot of vowel, Freya? And you're like, no, I'm sticking, I'm sticking. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna phone a friend, no. Um, okay, yeah, no. so let's, let's head to concluding thoughts then. I've taken a lot of you guys' time. We haven't really even mentioned about playing Overwatch because I think Honestly, that's I kind love of irrelevant. playing Overwatch. Honestly, kind of irrelevant <laughs> right now. Um, Name one person that loves playing Overwatch. Go. Booger. <laughs> yes, correct. Yes, true, 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 true. Um, I mean, we're not far from the next season of Overwatch season five, and obviously, you know, that brings with it it's some things that the devs have promised, like magic and mischief, or whatever it's called, and uh, Quest Watch, I think. So, what are those things? I don't know. I don't. Why know. don't they tell us? Tell us the numbers. What do they mean? Tell us. It's right again, there. Just I can, tell us. Just I say can only something. presume that they feel like it would be better to not pre-hype. I, I, again, my expectations are very low. I feel like they're going to be somewhat the way Star Watch was. Where Can you imagine if they, if they advertised Star Watch in advance, how more disappointed we would be? Because I played that game twice and never again. Like It was so flimsy. It was not worth mentioning. Like everything around it was amazing. Like the 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 feel and the aesthetic, the the redone like skin on the map and the comic was all of it was really fun. And then you play it and you're like, wow, I'm done. So I, I can only imagine that these other modes are essentially the same. There's no real point to advertising them because the fun is the day or two days that you actually launch them. It's like, oh, magic and mischief. Yo, what is this? You go in, you're like, oh, it's this. And then the day after, you're like. What was the thing again? I forgot. I, I don't really care. I'm not queuing back up to that again ever. It's but, just an edited version of a 2CP map with um, more orbs that you have to pick up in a line and then and that's it. <laughs> it Quite it's so frustrating because I can come out now and say, guys, big news. I'm the big game lead game designer of Call of Duty. We're releasing Schmungus. And they're like, well, it's like, what the fuck is Schmungus? And we're like, guys, it's Schmungus. I'm so excited to announce this thing. It's just like, what is a Schmungus? Just, I don't know what this 
stuff means. Just show me what it means. Show me some gameplay. Man. You can't just tell me that it's exciting without actually showing me gameplay. So you're probably right at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, on, on that note, though, I do want to get your guys' thoughts. So what are you kind of, A, expecting, and then B, hoping will come with Season 5? Uh, I'll give Neandra a bit to ponder over it. I'm going to give Faria the first bite of the apple, so or peach in, in the booger's case. Um, Faria, what are you uh, expecting and hoping from the next season of Overwatch? I... I don't know, man. I feel like my view is so skewed because I feel like I don't... I don't even see myself as like a like a primarily Overwatch content creator anymore. I'm like, I I I'm very. Ah, uh, what's what's the word? I feel like I've been holding out hope way too long that this game is going to amount to something more and that it's going to you know be on the rise. And I'm kind of already on the route to not necessarily the consolation, but like trying to figure out what the next thing is. And so, whatever's coming ahead with Overwatch, like I I hope they realize that they still have that lightning in a bottle that they supposedly thought um, th that they missed out on capitalizing. But I don't know. I hope they cater more to the lore fanatics. I hope they cater more to the casual audience because I feel like the competitive side of Overwatch is so desolate. It's like, I don't care about that anymore. But yeah, I hope I hope we see more content on that side of things. I like it. Boger will be A bit of a doomer doing... take, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, it's totally totally valid. I mean, honestly, like, yeah, it, it, I, I think that's a more realistic picture because I think some people have been like, oh, finally, they'll actually dedicate time to the PvP. And I'm like, I, I'm just like, guys, this is it. Like, when they say that, like, we're going to focus on the PvP, this is what they mean. What we got is what they mean. Like, this, this cadence of releases of balance patches, like, that is, in their mind, catering to the PvP side. So... I don't personally have a lot of hope in that vastly improving. So yeah, I mean, fun stuff to do is is great. Um, Boger, you'll probably still be playing Life Weaver. I um, I'm hoping for the next season that I get Grandmaster. On would, Life would it feel cheap? Funny. Let me. Here's a question. Yeah, it will. Before, I, I before wanna, the I wanna, I wanna. yeah before the be. uh, before the other questions, would it feel cheap if they buffed Life Weaver and then you yeah. got GM? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm 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 grinding to get it before the buffs. Because uh, I don't, uh, every every other streamer is just waiting for the buffs and they're like, guys, I'm so good at the game. Look at me. I'm playing the broken character. So I don't think that's fun. But uh, I, I don't hope anything for season five. I don't like this game. I just like torturing myself, to be honest. And um, I, it's never too late to save the game or like save is a big word in the sense that for some people it's still an enjoyable experience. But I agree with Faria. I just want them to add silly stuff. I, it's like we have the audience for casual players. Like we have a casual audience. Like most of the players are just console andies or people that just play the game here and there. Like people that play rank, they suck. They're just a bunch of like losers. They're just saying nerd stuff. Uh, not nerd stuff, but uh, racist shit all the time. There's so many racist people in rank. It's so fucking annoying. I, I want to play ranked. Ranked is boring. There's no point in getting high rank. So just abandon us. These people, you don't need these people. Just let them cook. Like People that want to grind rank, they're going to play rank no matter what. They're addicted to that stuff. They just like the number going up. So just, can we get Lucio beat kills again? Like, can we get, like, remember when Ryan, they added the change to Ryan where you can insta-kill each other? That was cool. I want more stuff like that. I want, uh, we have increased Junker Queen's healing by 0 0.5. I was like, man, I don't care. Like, what, like, just give me, like, 
Give give uh, give Lifeweaver a Gantling gun. Give him give him a nuke or something. I don't know. <laughs> something fun. Something fun. I'm like, guys, Winston has a shotgun someone. now. Winston has a shotgun now. And be, my my friends are gonna be like, what? And I'm like, yeah, check this out. It'll be fucking hype. Fuck, give him two shotguns. Like imagine they change the Tesla guns to two shotguns. You jump in with Winston. You go boom boom. That'll be funny. And people would be instantly, instantly they would queue up and play that shit. It doesn't fuck balls. them like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you imagine Winston jumps in with two Reaper shotguns on the back line? Just boom, boom. Like, obviously not something so ridiculous, but something more creative outside of number tweaking. Because numbers, min-maxing, uh, making the most balanced the game, most balanced game, is boring. Balanced games are boring. So boring. That's not... the competitive aspect. It's, it's balanced like games are boring. Who the fuck plays chess? That's balanced. That's fucking boring. <laughs> I'm joking, obviously, but but what, what like it, it's it's so boring to go for balance. And everyone's like, oh, balance this. This is unbalanced. Fuck yeah, it's unbalanced. I want this to be fun. I don't play for the balance. I want to queue up and do silly stuff. And that's what I want to do. And everyone wants to do that as well, right? Just that, that's what's fun about the game. Like, that's, it's not, if you want to play a balanced game that is like the most competitive thing you can ever do, play Quake. Nobody plays Quake because that game is dead. Why? Because that game fucking, like, it doesn't suck, but it's so hard to get into because it's so perfectly balanced or whatever. And it's like, we're all, why would you get into it? Like, you have a bunch of sweaty nerds that have played the game for 30 years now. They're going to roll you. So fuck yeah. that. Give me some silly stuff. The the thing about a balanced game is that you have to have a community that wants a balanced game. We don't ultimately like. If you're CS:GO and you're like, you know, we're 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 looking at minor tweaks here and there for our to satisfy our community. That makes sense because they came for like a, a really high skill yes. hero shooter. Absolutely, it doesn't correct. it doesn't make sense for Overwatch when that's not why people log on. They're not like, oh yeah, finally they nerfed the thing. I'm gonna go play. They're just like. You know, can I do the fun silly thing again? Oh, I can't. Okay, goodbye, GG. Yeah, exactly. Like They're... the patch notes make me think that Overwatch thinks it's Valorant, and it just makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. It's just like small tweak. We're gonna change this damage number by zero point four, and this this is gonna this stun is gonna get reduced by zero point five. Guys, have fun. What is this? This isn't content. You just log into the spreadsheet into your fucking thing, and you ch just change the numbers. That's it. It's like. Fuck, that's boring. That's boring. That's so boring. And I wanna... of course, you know, people will point out, like, oh, you streamers were also complaining it was unbalanced, but, you know, who, who gives a fuck? We are. We're shields it's anyways. My job we, to we change our opinions all the time. So of course I'm going to complain. Don't listen is. to streamers. No, don't <laughs> listen to us. Like, honestly, though. Uh, Neandra, what about Hello. yourself? How do you feel um, about what's, what's like your expectations and what's your hopes for the upcoming season? I am looking forward to season five, but as I said earlier, I do expect it to be pretty quiet pretty low-key and i just i really 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 hope that season six is just a sort of comeback season gets a bit of goodwill uh, does pv okay if gets people a bit more excited and a bit more happy i will say the game is generally in a pretty good state if you do play it just casually with friends um personally i'm mostly just tired of snipers i think we all are a little bit you know i don't want to hear statistics about them anymore i just want them looked at but yeah uh Play with your friends, I guess, is my thing. For sure. And is there something like, so is there anything specific you want to hope for in the next season? No, just stuff. I just want to stop. I, I just hope we can retain interest that things aren't looking completely dire by season six. Because, you know, it's going to be hard to pull people back to the game with. I just want to no stop the bleeding, man. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Like, we're not even yeah. getting a new map, right? Like, 
not that I know of. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, so my personal feelings, I think, like Freya said earlier that she doesn't even see herself primarily as a Overwatch kind of creator. I'm kind of approaching that place right now where I'm like, again, I, I have not played a game of Overwatch in like three weeks. So, you know, I've been I've been personally enjoying my, my journeys through other games. I think personally, partly it gives me a lot of perspective as well um, on what Overwatch does well and what it does badly. I have a long rant, which I won't go on right now, about why I think people, for example, prefer Apex to, to Overwatch. I think because it like the core gameplay loop is satisfied a lot more in, in a game like that, whereas in, in Overwatch it's very frequent that that gameplay loop gets broken um, because you you don't get to do the fun stuff you want to do. Like, you know, you get sniped or you get counterpicked or you just, you know, your hero is just so awful that you can't even pick the hero. Hello, Life Weaver. Um, it doesn't stop some people, though. So, it doesn't. <laughs> some, But some people are insane and play Overwatch 10, 10 hours a day and like money. Um, so that's them. But I think... I think the way the game should be consumed, and this is how I will consume the game probably going forwards, is is seasonally. I think that's how the game is intended to be consumed, is like a log on, you see the new thing that they drop this month or every other month, you play it for a while, and then when you're bored, when you reach that point of like, okay, I I got the, the new thing, like I got the value out of it, I played the new mode, I've tried the new ba balance patch, and I'm now I'm getting sick of the same problems again, now I'm annoyed that there's snipers sniping me again. I'm annoyed that like my, you know, the tank I pick is getting counterpicked or blah, blah, blah. So at that point, go, go play a different game. I think that, which is odd advice for me to give as a content creator. Cause like technically I, I, you know, I need people to watch my videos on Overwatch to, to continue sustaining myself. But I genuinely believe that that's the healthiest way for anyone listening to consume the game is like go on seasonally, enjoy the new thing and then like move on. Because I don't think, this is going to be a game going forward that will be played for every every day of the two month period that the season lasts or whatever, right? So um, that's my POV. But anything else you guys want to add before I let you get going? I think what you said makes a lot of sense. I think you absolutely need to be finding your own joy in this game. I think you were the one who said that a while back, right? You you have to find what joy means to you. Sometimes it's the silly stuff. Um, if you are um, one of those nuts who just likes the competitive aspect of Overwatch, like go for it, right? Go for it as long as it makes you happy. And it just whether that means like Neandra, and I, I agree too, like playing with friends, playing with people you know who are reliable, who are going to be fun on the same page as you, like that stuff makes the game so much more enjoyable and just like chase chase that joy right 100% and on the note of chasing the joy I, I will thank very much my three guests here for for coming on and trying to chase the joy with me and trying to provide some insight and I very much appreciate your time and company guys uh, so I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and week uh, I hope the rest of the season if you continue to play or watch is a lot of fun for you I hope Boger you hit GM I'm going to have a lot of fun for sure I hope you finally get there because I think it would be great I, I want you to be the first guy to do it because I don't Thank you. I don't want and I really hope it might happen because dog hero but like I don't want like no one to get there and then they buff him and then everyone gets there right suddenly Defran is like I'm back fellas I got my life we were ranked to GM ready to go and like it's actually quite easy to get GM and now you know like it's kind of free yeah. so I want you to be the one guy who does it. I mean, funnily enough, I was thinking you're literally like, there's probably no one in the world who's played more Life Weaver than you. Like, literally, there's no one. I, in the I'm world. the guy. I'm you literally the, the guy. guy. You're like literally the guy, the guy who has played the most Life Weaver in the world. So that's funny, and I, I hope you get to GM. Uh, and for Neandra and for you, I hope you guys continue to have fun with the game. For me, I'm going to go take a dinner break, and then I'm going to play some Diablo. So uh, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much have for fun. joining me.
and peace Thank out. You. Yeah, bye.